episode, Ken Schumann and a group of faith walkers reflect on the topic of how to recover from emotional fatigue. This conversation was originally recorded in October of 2021. We want to remind you, Faith Walking's mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us at www.faithwalking.us. Join this conversation. So today I, I want to talk about something that I've been pondering this week, and I, I want to acknowledge that this is incomplete. Okay, so what, what you're getting is in progress, feels like there's probably some pieces that I, that I still need to work on, but I wanted to go ahead and share it today because I really do believe, I, I, think, I think it's pretty strong and pretty good stuff. So here, here's where I want to start, uh, and, and we started by talking a little bit about it earlier. I think now almost two years into COVID that there is an enormous amount of what I'm referring to as anxiety management fatigue. Uh, a simpler way to say that is emotional fatigue. There, there are a lot of us that are experiencing emotional fatigue for a variety of reasons. It's not all just COVID. It's, it's all, uh, but it's related. I mean, we were just talking about it. Uh, I go to events and are people wearing masks or are they not wearing masks? Uh, you know, so we have the, the mask debate. We have the vaccination deba- debate. We have political debates. Uh, we, we have denominational debates and all sorts of nonsense going on. Uh, and I just want to, I, I just want to, I want to call it something and I'm calling it anxiety management fatigue. We're worn out from trying to manage our anxiety, uh, because every time we turn around, there's more. Now you may be the exception and you may not be experiencing that. Uh, I, I know some people that have, they're retired and they're kind of isolated and, and they're just kind of living life. But I, but I think for a lot of us, we're experiencing this. And I, I Googled uh, emotional fatigue. And here are some of the indicators or some of the symptoms of emotional fatigue, uh, which doesn't mean you, you have to have all of these. But I think if you have any of them, it, it's an indicator, and I just want to run through it. By the way, uh, I, I have these notes typed up, and they will be accessible to you after our session today, okay? So you can get them, uh, but I, I, uh, I want to I give it to you fresh before you read through the notes. It's just I like to do that, okay? So number one, uh, low emotional resilience. So I'm not as resilient as I once was with my emotions. Um, You know, they're all over the place. They last longer. They stay around longer. I'm not managing them as much. Um, Number one. Number two, uh, this one, irritability with other people. (laughs) Just being shorter or snappier or uh, whatever. Uh, 
um, feeling helpless or paralyzed. Like I'm, things are so out of control and I don't know what to do. Along with that one would be feelings of uh, chronic feelings of being just overwhelmed. This is just too much. There's too much going on. And as a result of some of those things, then I have low motivation. Just not as motivated. Uh, I'm, I may have either a low grade or a high grade of depression that I'm facing. Um, for me, the, the depression is usually a low grade, and it's just uh, this feeling of there's nothing to look forward to. There's no excitement in life, and I'm, I'm bored and I'm depressed. Those two kind of go together for me. Next one, feeling physically fatigued often. The last two weeks, maybe three weeks, that one has really shown up. Uh, about two or three in the afternoon, it's like I am completely out of gas and I just want to go lay down. And I, and I keep saying, what's that about? Where's that? Is it, is it just me aging? You know, I, I want to blame it on that, but I don't think it's just that. I think it's just that, uh, I, I do think it's it's some of these other these other things. Uh, so feeling physically fatigued often. Next one, uh, our sleep gets affected. We either we're either sleeping more or we're sleeping less. I found this one to be interesting. Unexplained aches or pains, such as headache or muscle aches. About four out of seven nights a week, by about 10 o'clock in the evening, I have, a, I have a deep headache in the back of my neck. And people say that's where stress shows up, but I'm not stressed. I've been off for three or four hours. I'm, I'm hanging out, but I get, this, I get this tension in my neck. And I'm wondering if that's related to uh, this emotional fatigue. We're talking about uh, John and Laura, emotional fatigue, or, or what I'm calling anxiety management fatigue, and what some of the symptoms of that are uh, at the moment. Um, so next one, increased arguments with loved ones. When we start, you know, we're, we're, we're shorter tempered, we're getting into more arguments. Next feeling distracted or on edge when, 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 I, when I'm around other people. Next, numbing yourself more regularly by whatever you numb yourself with. Uh, for some people, that's alcohol. For some people, that may be a drug they take. For some people, it may be binge watching tele television. For some people, you know, it, whatever it is, but we just, it's just happening more often. I'm needing more and more numbing. Um, next one is procrastinating. I just don't feel like doing it right now. So I don't.
And, and then the final one is, is memory difficulties. And I interpret that as uh, I, I'm more forgetful. Um, I, I can be in the middle of a presentation and, for, and forget something that, that I talk about every day, uh, just like things like that. And, and so all of that list is, is a list of symptoms of emotional fatigue. Now, I'm sure that those symptoms show up sometimes when we're not emotionally fatigued also. Okay. So, uh, but for me, as I went through that, I, I saw myself and in, in I'm, I'm imagining about 90% of those were true of me uh, here lately. And, and so here's where I want to go with this. Um, I think a lot of folks are experiencing that right now in one capacity or the other. And even if we're not, I think all human beings experience it periodically, okay? Whether we're in COVID, out of COVID, whatever, uh, we just experience periods of emotional fatigue. And so what I'd like to talk about and what I, what I really want to focus on is how do we recover from emotional fatigue? Y'all know I'm a big sports guy, and I'm sorry my illustrations are, are sport-related because that's just what I'm into, and it's football season right now, okay? Uh, so in college football, which, which I follow, the, the players practice all week, and then they have a, a big game on Saturday. And football is an extremely physical sport. And uh, I didn't know this until a couple of years ago, but what I've learned about college athletes and pro athletes is they have a day set aside that's called recovery. Because the sport is so physical. And so for college athletes, that day is Sunday. Sunday is recovery. And I don't know all they do. I've seen some clips of different things. Trish can probably tell us because her husband was a college athlete, but uh, they get massage, muscle massages. They, they get treatment for the, the, the bruises and the pumps and the scars and the hurts. And it's just a day for their bodies to recover so that then on Monday they can get back to practicing all week and preparing for the game on Saturday and the big game. And then they, and they do it every week. So every week on Sunday is recovery, and it's physical recovery. So it's fascinating to me that especially for, for we, uh, and whether you, whether you work with people or not, uh, that we don't have some kind of strategy in place for emotional recovery. You tracking with me? So we're all experiencing this, but okay, and so what do I do with it? And if athletes need a weekly physical recovery, then what I want to propose is we, we need to develop a strategy that we're using regularly. I'm not going to say weekly, but it could be weekly, but a strategy for uh, emotional and or let's, let's say anxiety management fatigue, 
we, we need a recovery from that. And so it's going to be emotional recovery and not physical recovery. And as I thought through, so I have nine on my list. I have nine things that I think ought to be included. And uh, you probably uh, are already thinking of most of my nine. Uh, and I'm sure this is where this is incomplete. I'm sure I'm forgetting something. Okay. But I just want to go through my nine today. First one is uh, you'll be surprised at this one. Sabbath rest. And so think about this. So Sabbath rest needs to be emotional rest. M most of us, and I know I don't, I, I don't work physically. I work mentally. And so I need emotional and, and mental recovery. And that's what Sabbath ought to be. Uh, and so uh, remember, remember my little uh, mantra, I have enough, I've done enough, there will be enough, and I am enough. And that's not just something I say to you, that's something I practice on Sabbath, resting in that. Uh, and so I want to encourage the importance, and hear me, I'm not talking about necessarily going to church. I'm talking about getting Sabbath rest, uh, whatever that looks like, and that may include going to church. That's number one for me. Number two, feed your own soul. And for me, feeding your soul is doing those things that are life-giving for you. And during COVID, I, I've talked about this before, but during COVID, the challenge has been I can't do all the things that are typically life-giving for me. Okay, so I need to find some new things that are life-giving for me because we all need things that, that feed our soul, whatever those things are. Um, so that's number two. Number three. And I think this one's really important. And, and that is to give yourself grace and compassion and allow yourself to be less productive. One of the things that, so that, and, and I just want to acknowledge folks, I'm talking from, from me and my experience, and I could be wrong. I just want to acknowledge. I, I know that's hard for you all to believe, but I could be wrong here. But, but what I mean by that is what I find is when I'm emotionally fatigued and overwhelmed, uh, I am less productive and, and it's, and it's, it's like five times as hard to become productive. And so my goal right now is, is just to do the minimum of what I have to do. Uh, it's, it's almost like I, I've got to do what I have to do to, to just get by and survive. I, I can't be. Um, um, so right now, I, it's, I, there's, because I don't have a lot of extra energy to think about big ideas or leadership or new things or create. I'm just trying to get done the minimum things. And in the midst of that, uh, I'm allowing myself and I don't do this, but I've done this twice in the last two weeks. I've taken a nap in the afternoon. It doesn't help. 
for that day, but it helps the next day. Okay. So then I wake up and I'm groggy headed and, you know, it doesn't make me more productive to take a nap until the next day, but I'm giving myself permission to do that. And I think that might be part of the recovery of mental or, or of emotional exhaustion. Uh, number four, I've talked about this one before, but I want to reiterate it. Get, get a minimum of five minutes of outdoor exercise every day. One of the things that I wasn't doing before the pandemic that I have done religiously since the pandemic is my two-mile walk every day. And, and I do it because it does three things for me. It gets me physical exercise. That's really good, but, but that's really the, the last on the list. I spend that time in reflection, and I need the reflection, and, and, and I do that. But third and most important right now is there's something about getting outside and getting in the outdoors that reinvigorates me. And I, I shared with you at the very beginning of the pandemic, a book I was reading on um, self-control. And, and the one thing that the author talked about that's a magic formula is a minimum of five minutes outside in some kind of physical, it, so it doesn't have to be hard exercise. You could work in the garden, but just doing something physically outside a minimum of five minutes. And I found for myself that that, that is not a luxury, it's a requirement for me to survive. So. That's number four. Number five, don't forget in the midst of, of your recovery to stay connected to God. Whatever spiritual practices, and, and I, don't, I don't want, and I'm not saying that because, oh yeah, we got to throw in the God part, right? I mean, no, I, I'm saying it because wh whatever works for you, stay connected to God whether that's a five-minute prayer or a five-minute moment of reflection or a five-minute devotional reading, uh, whatever it is, I think it's vital that we stay connected. Number six, feed hope. And I, I mentioned this a moment ago in the depression part. For me, feeding hope is finding things to look forward to. Or, and sometimes even being intentional about establishing things to look forward to. I love movies. And all of our lives, we've taken our girls to movies. And so one of our, one of our traditions, so every James Bond movie that's ever come out, I've seen with my daughters. So this, this week, of course, James Bond's coming out this weekend. This week, I texted my daughters and, and I said, okay, which daughter is taking daddy to, to the movies to see James Bond? And, uh, and, and they both laughed and said, we were just thinking about that, dad. And so the bottom line is we, we don't have a date yet because we're working out everybody's schedule. But, but here's something I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to going to the movies with my daughters because we've done that. All, all of our lives together. And, and so that's just an example. So again, what, what are we doing all these things for? To recover from emotional exhaustion or from 
anxiety management fatigue uh, is what, I, what I'm calling it. And so feeding hope helps, uh, helps us, I think, overcome some depression. So what can I look forward to? What can I, what can I establish or do to look forward to? Uh, number seven, either get on mission with God or stay on mission with God. Um, find a way to serve others. So if we want to get healthy emotionally, then don't just stay focused on me. Give, share, be generous. Uh, and I call that, you know, staying on mission with God or getting on mission. If, you, if, if there's no way that you're serving others, then find a way, because I think that that helps us uh, recover from that. Number eight, stay playful. Laugh with others and laugh at yourself. Don't take yourself so ser seriously. Have fun, laugh. So it's part of who I am to be playful. And it's also part of what I really like about myself. And it's also intentional. There are times when I don't necessarily feel playful, but I want to be playful because it, because it helps me relax and it helps me manage anxiety. And I think it helps us recover from our anxiety management. So, so what are you doing intentionally to laugh? If you don't know, just call me up and I'll help you with that, okay? I'll, uh, I'll do my best, or Angela could do it. She could call you up and make you laugh in a heartbeat. It just looks at me in meetings. You know, we get on Zoom and I just crack up. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, that sounds terrible, but he-, he Yeah, I'm getting a complex about it too. I show up, I show up on Zoom and she just starts laughing. I don't know what it's, that's about. It's the biggest compliment. Only my brother is the other person in my life who's like that. We're around each other and he gives me a look and I just start cracking up. He's like, what? I'm just like, you're going to let you crack me up. All right. Sorry. Go on, Ken. Final thing. Number nine, stay in community. Even if it's online community. Um, so I, I don't, I don't have a lot of community outside of this group and, and the work I do in faith walking, but this is community for me. Y'all, y'all have blessed me and, and provided community for me so that I can share my journey. I can share authentically and vulnerably, uh, with you because y'all are safe and, and y'all are, are gracious, uh, and, um, and so, so in whatever way, find some community, uh, even if it's right here, just keep coming here and, and join us here, because I think that's helpful. And I think those nine strategies for me are, for the moment, my strategy for recovery from anxiety, management, fatigue, emotional fatigue, or whatever. And I I, I kind of do those things intuitively, but what I, I want to do these things more intentionally to make sure that I'm taking care of myself. So what I think all this is about is self-care. This is self-care, and uh, but it's important self-care, and I don't think we talk about it enough. 
We, we talk about physical care. By the way, I want to come all the way back around to, to my college athletes. So Sunday's recovery day, and, and sometimes uh, the athlete gets hurt on Saturday, and they need more than Sunday in recovery. And sometimes they get hurt so bad they're out for the year, and, and, they, and it's like a whole year of recovery for them. And so I just want to acknowledge this is short-term recovery. But there's also some long-term recovery. Sometimes we, we get so uh, burned out, so worn out, uh, that we need a longer period of recovery. And I, I don't know what that looks like, but I just want to put that in the space. So there you have it. That's what I'm thinking about. What's that stir up for you? One of the things that I find super important to me, and it's a spiritual discipline, but it's creating enough white space um, to rest in, um, even like in scheduling my zoom calls and certainly uh -huh. my commitments, um, uh -huh. all of that, but having enough white space, which a lot of times for me looks like being in my study here. Um, I don't have any music on. It's just like, it's silence. Yeah. And every once in a while, I mean, I do that probably a little bit every day, but every once in a while when things stack up too much, I'll just tell my husband, I'm taking a break today. I'm not doing anything. I'm resting. Mm -hmm. And um, it usually doesn't happen on Sabbath, but um, that's one of the best ways that I find I can take care of myself. Yeah. Good, Trish. Thank you for sharing that. That's helpful. So I've, I've told you all over the, these, this year that I've been dealing with a lot of depression and anxiety. And um, these things, Ken, that you've mentioned are things that I'm seeing making a difference in my life already, most of them. Um, and I think I'm, I, I, don't, I don't believe in jinxing things, but I also, um, but I'm human. Um, and so I don't want to say this and have it all oh, fall apart next week. I'm starting to feel better. Good. Um, and that's really exciting to me. And good. I know that maybe I'm going to have some other days that are not as good, but I'm starting to feel like, like the old me in a new form because I'm learning so many new things. Mm. But some of this, I think, really started with a very funny story. And I know um, some of you have heard this, but not everybody has heard this funny story. And Saul told it the other day, and I, I'm going to fess up because it's, it is good. I take my head RA out for lunch every Monday, and we have a really good time together. And I, he was listening to some rock music a little while ago that was just fun. The beat coming through the wall was great. And I just love him. Um, so we go to this place down the street. And we have been sitting in a room by ourselves most of the time. But this one day, there was a family. Um, a mother and two little girls, and then an older couple, I assume maybe their grandparents were sitting at the table near us. And Jack and I were talking, we were having a great conversation. And then I noticed the older couple leave um, and the mom and the two little girls were still there. And then they left. And one of the things about this place that we love is they make the best homemade potato chips I've ever had. They are <laughs> just phenomenal. And I ordered something that day that didn't have the chips with it. And I was missing the chips. And so Jack noticed when the, the table was empty of people that they'd left a lot of food on the table um, and that there happened to be a basket of chips sitting there that was uneaten. And he said, why did they leave all this? Couldn't they have taken boxes? You know, it would have been just made sense. And so then he looked at me, he got this bright look in his face and he said, 
do you want a couple chips? Hmm. And I said, oh, yeah. So he got up and picked up the basket, brought it over. And I took just a small handful, maybe three or four. And he put the basket back on the table and I'm enjoying my chips. And then the family comes back in and sits down to finish their lunch. And we laughed so hard at the kind of laugh where you didn't have any sound coming out. Um, and that was the first time I think that I have laughed in, in two years since this depression started. And it was the, the best feeling. Um, I mean, tears were coming down our face because, you know, here I am the residence director at the college up the street. Here's my head RA. I'm eating chips. Oh, it was just, just so funny. Um, and it was really good to laugh at myself and, and to have Jack. I mean, the whole thing was perfect. So that's what I wanted to share. So we can all, all laugh a little bit. That's awesome, Judith. Thank you for sharing that. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to look at you again without thinking Judith the chip stealer. <laughs> Judith the chip stealer. And I, I deserve it. It's okay. No, you don't deserve anything. That was awesome. I mean, it was that great. sounds like something I would do. I'd do the same thing. And then they'd sit down and I'd think, oh my God, except I think I would have left the basket in front of me. And then, then it would have been more <laughs> embarrassing. Right? Yeah, it would have been. They had no idea, which was even funnier. Um, when I sold, told my son this story, my older son, he said, Mom, clearly you have forgotten how long it takes to take toddlers to the bathroom. And he's probably right. That's probably what was happening. But yeah. Really good. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so that's a couple of times now. The first time I heard it, I don't think I'd laughed for ages. And it made me laugh so much. Um, she was like, what was going on? Like that, like, she's like, I've never heard you laugh like that. And it was just, it was just a real special moment, like with Judith sharing it. But for me, it just impacted me in, in such a way that every time it's shared now, it's that ha happy memory. And if I can, even if I think about it, I will smile. And um, I just, yeah, thank you, Judith, so much, because that, that has impacted me in a way that not necessarily, I don't know, it's just one of those stories that, I can relate to, um, it's kind of random. It's not likely to happen again, or, or maybe we all will go and steal people's chips off um, tables now, but it just gives you permission to, to laugh. And I love it. Thank you. Thank you. I remember when you said that, Michelle, and that, that just did my heart good too, hearing that it, it had that effect on you as well just reminded me of something in the town where I used to live there's actually a laughing club and just a group of people get together and sit around and laugh and someone once someone's laughing everybody else in the group laughs and it's it's advertised as a, a laughing club like people can join join it I don't know where the idea came from but apparently it's doing them good so I don't think I'm brave enough to set up a laughing club, but. Something I've done a lot of in the last couple of years that I didn't really do before. Um, and there's a fine line with, with anything online or watching videos and stuff is I've just, I went down the, you know, the, the, what do you call it? The whole of YouTube, but particularly around comedy and have just found a few stations that I, or uh, channels that I, 
you know, subscribe to that just invariably give me like the best belly laughs. And I think I would like, I think comedy has half gotten me through the past couple of years. And I discovered that it was, a because I tend to be pretty serious and people, my family members make fun of me because like all I watch is like, I'm afraid to say this out loud, but it's like crime drama. So, you know, and like, and I never watch comedy. It's just not my thing. I enjoy it when I watch it, but I never choose it. And so now I've become somebody who watches comedy on YouTube and I'm even more afraid to admit this, pet videos. <laughs> I'm not even a pet person. And I have found French bulldogs are hilarious. Okay, that was what I wanted to share. <laughs> watching, watching pet videos is certainly much cheaper than owning a pet. <laughs> yeah, that's a decision I made as well. <laughs> a lot less trouble. I met a woman last, I'm sorry, Ken, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to uh, say I've uh, I've added my notes to the chat box, so if y'all would like them, they're available there. Now go ahead, Judith. I met a woman last week who um, had her her Sheltie with her, her lovely Sheltie, and I found out she's a pet therapist, um, and and they haven't been able to do any work because of COVID for the last couple of years. Um, and so she offered to come and visit because she knows how much I miss my dogs. And so she brought her Sheltie over yesterday to the dorm. And it was just delightful to see not only for me to have puppy cuddles, which I desperately needed, but to see these guys who just loved having this dog in our lobby and came to cuddle. And there must have been, oh, over the course of an hour, probably 15 of the guys from the dorm just came in and sat down and plopped and um, and when she said, could I come back again? It wasn't me that said yes. It was three of the guys that immediately said, yes, please. So yes, we need pet videos and um, puppy cuddles. I guess there's nothing more to say. So thank you for coming. Uh, if you want the notes, they're available to you. And uh, I'll see you next week, okay? For more information about faith walking, visit us at www.faithwalking.us. We want to remind you that faith walking exists because of your financial support. Please consider giving at faithwalking.us backslash donate. Thank you for listening.